you know, that there was an effort to kind of have the the early industry not be like ordered by, you know, big national marijuana conglomerates like they have in other states, but to kind of be, you know, for some of the people who were affected by the, by the drugs previous criminalization. Now, the, the issue with that was like it just took a long time. Good morning. This is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm Andrea Pineda Salgado. In 2014, former Governor Andrew Cuomo signed legislation allowing the use of cannabis for medical purposes. Then, between 2018 and 2021, New York lawmakers made repeated attempts to legalize recreational cannabis, but disagreements over what to do with the tax revenue stopped legislation from moving forward. Finally, in March of 2021, members of the New York State Assembly and Senate passed the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act. Cuomo signed the bill into law the following day. Less than a month later, marijuana-related criminal records were expunged. But it wasn't until late December of 2022 when the first legal purchase of recreational cannabis was made in a dispensary operated by Housing Works in Greenwich Village. Since then, only a few more recreational dispensaries have opened, the majority within 3,000 feet of each other in downtown Manhattan. The lag has prompted tons of unlicensed and unregulated sellers to fill the gaps. Now, officials are cracking down on these sellers. Why? The marijuana they sell is untaxed, unregulated, and they could hinder the success of licensed businesses. Today, I talked to reporter Felipe de la Oz about how this year will set the tone for the New York cannabis industry going forward. Um, can you give us a little bit more context on the city's marijuana regulations? What is and what's not, what is allowed and what's not allowed? Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's really, it's a state level thing. And so what happened was, I think a couple of years ago, you know, the state joined a, a growing trend of, of state, state government, basically permitting uh, recreational marijuana. So the sale and growing was made legal right away but only under certain regulations that weren't developed at that time, right? The, the law mandated the development of these of these regulations and also kind of these governing bodies. So you have the Office of, of uh, Cannabis Management at the state level, and then there's a, a board that's the Cannabis Control Board, I believe it's called, that, you know, jointly kind of regulate and administer, you know, the state's uh, marijuana industry. And so basically a lot of smoke, smoke shops and uh, delis and stuff started selling, uh, you know, and new smoke shops popped up to sell uh, sort of recreational cannabis very quickly after the law came down. But they weren't technically regulated in the way that was intended, right? Because they weren't, you know, they weren't operating pursuant to the regulations that the state had developed because the state hadn't developed that regulation yet. They were kind of operating in a gray area, so a lot of places were, for example, doing things like, oh, you know, you can buy a membership, and then membership comes with, you know, this ounce of cannabis or something, right? Like, it wasn't a direct sale. They were they were kind of treating it in a different way. You know, the state authorities and local authorities have tried to tamp down on that. They've tried to tamp down on just illegal straight up sales, but sort of black and gray market has really proliferated where there's, I think, now an estimated over 1,600 different retail locations in the city that are unlicensed, right? And so, you know, it, it, it part of it just came down to, like, 
it's taking a long time for the regulations to be fully developed, implemented. You know, that there was an effort to kind of have the the early industry not be like ordered by, you know, big national marijuana conglomerates like they have in other states, but to kind of be, you know, for some of the people who were affected by the by the drugs previous criminalization. Now the, the issue with that was like it just took a long time. Yeah. And what are the consequences of illegal sales for both the state and I guess for New Yorkers? So, you know, I mean, it's illegal. You can be fined, although the fines aren't particularly robust. Uh, they've tried several different enforcement mechanisms. So the mayor and the Manhattan district attorney, for example, sent letters to a bunch of, um, of, you know, unlicensed businesses saying that you know, they were going to try to use this sort of provision in the lawn to try to force their landlords to evict them. Um, and so, yeah, it seems like the enforcement piece of it actually has been difficult. Um, actually, the New York City Sheriff's Office has been tasked with doing a lot of the enforcement, and even the sheriffs have questioned whether they can legally do that kind of enforcement based on their mandate. It's a bit technical, but, you know, it just doesn't seem like there's that many avenues for enforcement. But then, you know, from a from a broader perspective, you know, there is, of course, the danger that they might go out of business, which kind of defeats the purpose of them having been, you know, reserved for kind of justice-involved individuals in the first place. One kind of independent consumer thing, like the, the consumer-facing thing that, that is of concern is that, you know, I mean, you fundamentally don't know what you're getting exactly if you just kind of buy from a licensed shop. Now, you maybe, whatever, you have your your shop that you trust and you think that they're not, you know, pulling the wool over your eyes. But, you know, I mean, you don't have an accurate representation necessarily of potency, what's really in that, you know, batch or whatever. Like, whereas, obviously, the regulated market, it's, you know, it has to be very controlled, you know, exactly, you know, the potency and the THC content and where it was grown and all these sorts, you know, other sorts of things. So that's that's also one argument that, that people are raising in terms of why it's important to have kind of that regulated market. Can you tell us a little bit more about the legislation that the governor introduced? How will that affect unlicensed sellers? I mean, mainly it's just about issuing much, much deeper fines. The idea being that I think, like, you know, the fines need to be the fines need to be a disincentive for engaging in sales. You know, the fines are steep enough that like it just doesn't make fiscal sense for you to take the risk and then you know maybe end up losing a, a significant amount of money. Then you know the idea is like you know sellers will be disincentivized for engaging in illegal sales. Um, you know, it's just you know if the fines are you know the cost of doing business, then they're not going to be, you know, there'll be just that. There'll be another line item in, you know, a shop's budget. Oh, you know, we'll have this much set aside for the fines that we'll have to pay. We'll still make this much profit. Whereas I think, you know, the governor is trying to make it so that the fines are significant enough that that can't be the, the calculus. What does the future look like for licensed marijuana distributors and also um, unlicensed sellers? You know, now that the sort of the dam has been broken or whatever and like several... Uh, you know, shops have opened. I mean, I suppose it's possible that, like, the, the legal shops will start proliferating as well now that the president has been set. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, no 
they're not going to grow to the level that the unlicensed shops have, have grown. And I also think, I mean, the unlicensed shops, uh, the level at which they exist now is unsustainable. I mean, 1,600, 1,700 shops around the city that do some kind of lawful marijuana sales. You know, I don't think there's that kind of demand. I, I think that the unlicensed market will also kind of crater to some extent just because of that, you know, just how absolutely uh, uh, unconstrained growth is it's had, right? And so it will kind of self-regulate to some extent. Uh, but, you know, the, the I think the worry is that not fast enough and not robustly enough for it to not become kind of, you know, a, a death blow to the, to the legal industry. So we'll have to see, I guess, how that works as well. If you want to learn more about this story, read Felipe's piece called New York's Marijuana Regulations Fall Short. We've linked to it in our show notes. Also, Epicenter NYC is currently in search of a freelance health reporter. The healthcare reporter will work with us through June 2023 at a minimum. We're interested in producing a body of solutions-focused and service-oriented stories that highlight successes and innovations that break down barriers to good health. Think you'd be a good fit? Let us know. To apply, send your CV along with a memo on how you'd approach the job to hello at epicenter-nyc.com. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. And if you're not already a member, sign up today by using the link in our show notes. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Caravica. You can find more of their music on our website linked to in our podcast description.